All metrosexual and proud of it. Welcome to Antonio Cassano's least favourite podcast, It's Hand of Pod. Sexuals, but we haven't got bleeding asses once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> so it begins. Absolutely, yeah. we could have done. Um, <laughs> that seems like as good an introduction to, uh, as any. Uh, welcome, everybody. I'm Sam Kenny. Uh, I'm joined for this week's episode of Hand of Pod for the last time this season, just well, possibly well, until after the season's over, at least, uh, by Daniel Colasimoni, Australian Dan. Hello. And uh, for the penultimate time of the current season and we're not sure whether he'll make the post-recording, post-season recording uh, session or not by English Dan, Dan Edwards Good evening um, We will be here next week for absolute certain and then the week after that we'll we'll hopefully manage to get something together, I'll, I'll keep you all updated um, We're here to discuss another fascinating weekend in Argentine football um, I think you should explain the bleeding ass comment Yes, we'll right. probably should <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's actually saying in. Oh, okay. um, it was part of a fascinating weekend <laughs> in Argentine football um, when Leonardo Poncio, the mid- River Plate midfielder, indeed um, <laughs> <laughs> a fitting name, um, managed to, fortunately, from from River's point of view, uh, they managed to win the game with a late goal from Rogelio Funes Mori, that rarest of things, uh, which meant that Boca Juniors weren't given an easy target in any potential post-match posters had they not won the game because Leonardo Poncio was quite literally um, there's no delicate way to put this ladies and gents he was, I tried earlier but just now he, he was bleeding from his ass uh, when he was was he substituted actually or did he just no he stayed on it was in stoppage time he, had to, he left the pitch maybe 30 seconds before the end of the match they showed him trotting off to the thing and it came out after the game that he'd been playing with hemorrhoids um, which he said in, in an interview yesterday he thought that he was going to get through the game okay, but with the effort that he was putting in, they burst. Um, so if anybody ever tells you that Leonardo Poncio is not prepared to put his balls or scrotum or whatever on the line for his club, then they're a filthy liar. He definitely bleeds for his team, there's, there's no doubt about that. Absolutely. Um, we will get on to the River Plate game later on, but there is a weekend of Primera action as well as uh, another example of Lionel Messi once again completely failing to do it for the Argentine national team um, to discuss gentlemen why should we start uh, let's start with Messi the international team because it was a pretty spectacular game. absolutely Lionel Messi who uh, prior to 2012 had never scored a hat-trick for Argentina because he's a waster has now scored two in his last three matches for Argentina um, both in friendlies so I'll just head off anybody wanting to point that out to me before you do uh, but the, the most recent one of course was that magnificent triple strike against Brazil um, in New Jersey on Saturday which was at the same time as the Germany v Portugal game uh, in, in Euro 2012 and just a much better game really it was yeah I mean it was obviously a friendly rather than a competitive game and from that point of view it maybe wasn't as, as fascinating and you'd like to hope that both teams will prove a little bit more capable of the basics of defensive work when it really comes down to it uh, worth mentioning as well watch all the same. it was uh, <coughs> Brazil's basically the Olympic team with about four extra guys like yeah. Marcelo and a couple of others and uh, I think what really hurt Brazil for that game is that all through this kind of tour they've done they've played uh, Denmark then they went to the United States and played the US they played uh, Mexico and then finished against Argentina obviously on, where was the Denmark on Saturday game? Denmark game was in Hamburg oh, okay. so almost in Denmark really according to my European <laughs> geographical skills somewhere over there grass, isn't it yeah. Yeah. but yeah like, it's worth pointing out that um, Brazil were hit before the match because um, Thiago Silva who picked up a knock yeah. against Mexico had to drop out so Bruno Ovini who plays for Sao Paulo is a you know, promising young defender but it basically meant that uh, Brazil had two defenders in you know, 21 years old each or 20 years old uh, both with about five caps between them and you know, putting them up against Messi and Higuain also Di Maria who had a pretty good game like yeah you could always see there was going to 
there's going to be guys if they got the space behind them, then it was going to be there was going to be space there. But I think yeah, overall, you know, you know, you got to applaud what Messi did. You know, three goals, very well taken. The third in particular, I'm sure, is going to be shown on many, many a highlight reel for the next ten years. Even though it was a friendly, but yeah, overall, I think. Argentina could probably be a little bit disappointed with their performance though. They were playing an Olympic Brazil team and... Oh, from the point of view, I mean, the defence was left a bit to be desired and you'd have to assume that part of this is because it was friendly, everybody was more relaxed, Savela was trying a new system, but you would have to... But do you really think... From Argentina's point of view, yeah. Savela's going to stick to the system that they're more defensively rigid with uh, for the qualifiers at least. Do you think these players were really relaxed? So, you know, this is a... Uh, it's a friendly, but it's a friendly well, Brazil. Like this is like on the evidence yeah. of watching the match, I would yeah. say that the defending players at least were a I bit think, too relaxed. Yeah. yeah, it's relaxed or incompetent. Um, like, I mean, Sergio Romero yeah. could be forgiven for jet lag, as we mentioned last week. Well, yeah, he'd gone to and from Italy yeah. in, in between. I think apart from his error, you know, on the third goal, I believe, which was mm. no, the second, the second Brazil, yeah, um, which was Hulk's Hulk's goal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he actually had a, a pretty pretty solid game. But no, I think the defence and the midfield, especially, you know. Apart from Di Maria, showed a little bit of creativity, but apart from that, kind of Macherano, you know, we didn't know what he does, but Gago and Sosa in particular, who was awful, really didn't support um, the attack at all. I think it was all down to Messi and Higuain just kind of ran into blind corridors all day. Yeah, pretty worrying performance pretty worrying. we talked about last week, whether this would be a better or not a different kind of test for Argentina. And yeah, I do think both teams are taking it pretty seriously. Um, yeah. And even though they did have that different sort of a defensive formation or a slightly different formation than the week before I think that's I mean it's a, it's a 4 for 2 like you can't say it was something no no, no and I think that's going to be the one he, he's probably going well was intending to use against better sides mm-hmm. uh, even away in in qualifying matches yeah. so yeah quite quite worrying that like yeah I'd say Brazil had, had the better of a lot of that game um, and really Messi was the, was the difference mm-hmm. um, so yeah one thing that perhaps is encouraging for the future of this national side is uh, apart from the rather obvious fact that all of a sudden and I think not entirely coincidentally it's happening under Alejandro Sabella Lionel Messi is starting to quite genuinely play like the Lionel Messi that we see for Barcelona yeah and um, I don't think it's coincidence at all exactly and, and in, in addition to that he's also developed a very happy trait for an Argentine forward of having Brazil as, as an hijo as they say in Argentina as a son um He's now scored winning goals against them in very late on in the match. The last two times he's played them again, both in friendlies, but it's Argentina. They were both fantastic goals. Yeah. I, mean, I remember yeah. the one in 2010. Like for my money, might have been even a little bit better than, than this one. Oh, so it was. Yeah. He went round some challenges in 2010. Exactly. Yeah. Like this one, he just went straight yeah. to the goal. No one touched him. But yeah. yeah, 2010, he was playing against the first choice Brazil defence, and just you know, I don't think Argentina had. Barely had a chance all game, if I remember that correctly. It was a while ago now, but yeah, he just yeah carved them open, and it was a beauty. Mm. But this one, yeah, it's going to be remembered nicely. You know, hat trick against Brazil. I think the stat that came out afterwards is he's the first person to do it since Jose San Filippo in 1959. The first Argentine. The first Argentine, of course. Yeah, the, yeah. the first person to do it uh, almost equally as impressively since Paolo Rossi in a certain World Cup yeah. quarterfinal, semi-final, semi-final. Um, it's a pretty distinct company there yeah. absolutely um, we'll move on from the friendly now I think and um, get on to some Argentine uh, league action the weekend saw some interesting uh, results we'll mention since we spent a fair bit of last week's talking about it let's mention Tigre San Lorenzo first of all it was um, not quite as close as we were thinking it was going to be uh, T-grade 1, which meant that form actually carried into it, which was perhaps slightly surprising. It was one of those matches where you think, well, they have better form going into it, but is that really going to count for anything, given what a, a tense game it's going to be? They won very comfortably in the end, 3-1. Um, San Lorenzo had two men sent off. Um, T-grade should have had one man sent off, Carlos Luna. That's um, not going to do anything to help um, the conspiracy theories. No, exactly. Caruso Lombardi's growing paranoia with every game I think well, other than the fact that I thought um, Walter Kahneman was the second Tigre player to be sent off and the first was Enzo Kalinski um, second San Lorenzo player yes sorry second San Lorenzo player the first was Enzo Kalinski and I, th- I personally thought Kalinski could have had a straight red for his first and a straight red for his second and as it was it was just for two yellows they were, they were both from behind which is the red card um, 
so from that point of view, maybe less so. But yeah, I mean, it, it, I was watching it and remembering what Mariano was, some of the things Mariano was saying, just particularly <laughs> off air, let's say last week. Looking um, strangely about why yeah, people were, yeah. Precisely. Um, but, and it was uh, impossible no, I think, not to. Yeah. I think the way I saw that game, like, um, I think the first goal was absolutely key and it came for Tigre thanks to. Um, a pretty pretty unfortunate defensive mistake from Jonathan Bottinelli who's been there for, been in San Lorenzo for years and years you know real kind yeah. of totem of their team but miscontrolled the ball and Ezekiel Masciolo I believe got straight on it and managed to you know just knock it away nicely in the corner and you thought you know up to that point it was pretty you know pretty close game you know both teams yeah I thought the team had the better yeah. chances by that point but, yeah. but it was certainly in terms of Possession in each third of the pitch, yeah. it was certainly. Very I think, yeah, kind of conceding that goal, and especially you know the way they did it, kind of you concede after a mistake, and it kind of it really can take the the wind out of the team. Really, mm. you know, if it's a twenty-five yard stunner, sometimes you can come back a bit easier. But yeah, did uh, Caruso Lombardi have anything to say after the match? I, didn't, I think so they said um, he, didn't he go to uh, go to look for Lunati in the dressing room? Lunati was staying afterwards. Uh, I said, but you know, well, we all know Lunati's. Um, he loves you know he's getting on TV, speaking and all this. Yeah. And he did like you know a nice little exclusive interview after the match. He said, oh, "Yeah, yeah, uh, Caruso came to look for me in the dressing room afterwards, but he, you know, and he emphasises, no, he didn't. You know, we didn't fight. We just talked. You know, <laughs> oh, that's nice. As if it, you know, this has to be said. No, we didn't fight. Yeah, you know. mm. is a referee. If, if you know. Yeah, I think we talked yeah, about yeah, we talked about last week. Yeah, with Lunati's ego and Caruso's ego in the same stadium, I'm amazed they had yeah. for the crowd and the police. To be honest. Yeah. But, <laughs> It worked out somehow. Um, that yeah. victory leaves San Lorenzo in the lower relegation playoff spot, mm-hmm. and it leaves Tigre, as it stands at the moment, safe from everything. Yeah. Um, Independiente, from this point, are going to have a major influence on the, the relegation battle because they are at home to San Lorenzo this coming weekend and then away to Tigre on the last weekend. Um, so that's going to be interesting, except that Independiente are a bit pants, so it might well be that it doesn't have that much of an effect. Um, look, that remains to be seen anyway. Um, and it also leaves Tigre one point behind Boca Juniors in the title race because Boca, again, slightly surprisingly, and again, maybe think about some of the things that Mariano was saying last week with regard to uh, how much we know about matches or can know about matches before they take place were held 1-1 by Banfield um, in a very peculiar performance yeah. let's say um, particularly since Banfield had a player sent off after 10 minutes and managed to just hold on for you know 80 yes, and, and, and match Bocca for a lot of it kind of. Basically and, and Bocca's equalising goal I mean Bocca's equalising goal first of all came what three or four minutes after Banfield's mm-hmm. got to go ahead and secondly was one of the most spectacular own goals that you will ever see mm-hmm. a diving header from the edge of the 18 yard box uh, <laughs> bulleted into the top corner it was absolutely brilliant um, so that, that doesn't necessarily do many favours to those who would like greatest transparency <laughs> um, in the world of Argentine football Juan Roman Riquelme was dreadful um, but then it's, it's been the same through his career as I tweeted on the evening of the game he, he can be brilliant for the whole season but if he has one off game when he has an off game he is he spectacularly really off yeah. which um, can then greatly affect the team absolutely like, yeah um, they rely so heavily on him that you yeah. know, he, he's having everything still coming through him and then you know uh, can really damage the team. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things I really liked seeing um, in that game which was on Saturday afternoon I believe like it was it was kind of a really really quite a pleasant atmosphere for a, for a Premiere game because obviously um, I don't know if we talked about it too much but kind of a lot of the spine of the Boca team now are the same team that mm. were champions with Banfield in 2009. You've got as people like... Manager. As well, of course, yeah. yeah. Well, I think manager's quite a big part of the spine, we can say. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was including, yeah. So you've got people kind of... Erviti, you've got... Why's my mind just going to... Ah, Santiago Silva. Yeah. Sutanich was in that team already. Uh, Sutanich, I think he was at Ajax by that point, yeah. if I remember rightly. But, yeah, yeah, but he's definitely one. a Banfield favourite. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I thought Banfield fans... Weren't happy about. I don't, no, I don't no, know if they still like Ariti and certainly on, on uh, Ole on their website after the match had a, a few photographs of some of the banners that were hung yeah. up saying thank you. Right. Uh, you'll always be part of the club or whatever exactly. to, with, with Falcioni Silva. Yeah, and Ariti welcomes its, its champions yeah, and all this kind of thing. Like, yeah, I'm sure like a couple of idiots booed, but you know, 
Well, because I think I was reading um, that before the match, that you know, the TV goes and talks to people—not the actual TV, mm. but a, a person who's <laughs> a TV channel goes and talks to people outside the stadium and um, was asking uh, like Banfield fans, "Who do you hate more, uh, Falcioni or Herviti?" And they started, you know, swearing on it and stuff. So. <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess it's uh, probably not speaking for everybody. No, no absolutely. Um, the main beneficiaries of uh, this and the reason, one of the reasons that Mariano, I guess last week, was tweeting about suspicion during these <laughs> matches were Arsenal de Sarandi, who, having beaten Argentinos Juniors 3 1 on Friday evening, are also, along with Tigre, now only a point behind Boca Juniors and play them this weekend in La Bombonera. Um, we've got interesting run ins coming in all over the place in Argentina this, this season. Um, uh, I just to clarify, by the way, in case neither of us have mentioned it just yet, um, there are two weekends left. There's this weekend and then one match after it to decide the title, which is why it's so crucial at this stage. Um, and, of course, Arsenal were in Boca's group in the Copa Libertadores, which Boca got through in part thanks to good results against Arsenal after they got off to a slightly shaky start. So there is some talk, at least, how much credibility we give it. We have yet to decide, I think, but there's some talk that this might have been arranged in the bocker of whatever. I don't know if there's some talk, I think that's just what Mariano It's essentially yeah. Mariano's conspiracy theory, yeah, but I'm trying to be uh, I'm trying to be polite to him. I think, no, I don't think that's got much foundation. I mean, the, the, the peculiar thing is that it's all come together so beautifully over the last few days. Yeah. Well, if, has, if, I don't know, if Arsenal win comfortably 3-0 on, on the weekend, then I'll start to think yeah. about that. Is this and and, the, and the, other thing, the other thing which, which really doesn't help any of it is that in the Tigre-San Lorenzo game on Sunday... Both of the goalkeepers were former Boca Juniors players. Um, so, yeah, it's it's all over the place. Pablo Migliore for San Lorenzo and Javier Garcia for, for Tigre. Um, so and then the Banfield keeper on Saturday was also an ex Boca player. Oh, really? Chetty, yeah. Of course, there's quite a few <laughs> going around, actually. Yeah, yeah there's a couple. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, there's there's certainly no shortage of intrigue going into this this race. Um, it's almost like every match is a final from now on. Yes, it almost is, isn't it? Yes. What a wonderful cliche. Thank you. I was wondering when the first cliche was going to come out. Right. I'm glad it did. Uh, Newell's old boys are also in the race. They are two behind Boca, uh, having beaten Independiente 2-1 with a fairly late goal, but one that I was always confident was going to come from my own predicting point of view. in, in Parque Independencia in Rosario Estadio Marcelo Bielsa can we say it of course yes absolutely yeah. <laughs> Estadio Marcelo Bielsa El Coloso del Parque as, it's got about seven names <laughs> yeah no it's, it's fantastic uh, lovely stadium uh, one that I hoped to see a game at some point yeah. have you not been yeah. no I know it's I, a glorious stadium I've been yeah. twice I've, I've, I've been to the stadium but yeah. I've never seen a match there I've been twice yeah once in the home end once in the away end mm. and I've got to say in the away end it's, it's pretty intimidating like seeing all those crazy Rosarinos mm. in their red and black looking like pirates yeah anarchist pirates as I think I called them once uh, excellent that's all I can say about it anarchist <laughs> pirates yeah um, send, uh, Newell's sorry incidentally have a something that that I'll get on to because on Friday uh, we had a question tweeted onto the hashtag which I believe Dan's now responded to um, it was re- between recording sessions of course um Asking what the big banners saying budge mm-hmm. mean uh, that you see on TV if you watch Argentine football well, or on the internet or whatever. Um, and it, the answer is that it's a barrio of, or, or a partido of, of Greater Buenos Aires. I believe, yes. Uh, a neighborhood. A neighborhood of Lomas de Zamora called Ingeniero Buje. Yes. Who was responsible, I think, for building the railways or something along those lines. Yeah, a lot of the banners you see at the stadium are, um, yeah. are, are just groups of fans who come from those neighbourhoods or those cities yeah. uh, and support their club for example there's like a lot of this Evita, a lot of people will go to the ground and think it's something to do with Evita yeah. but it's actually the, you know like a yeah. city actually when I was um, um, when I was just double checking my facts to, to make sure I had the neighbourhood right and the name I came across um, quite a nice little bit of trivia do you know um, the Missionarios fans in Colombia mm. in Bogota they have um, a banner that says Buje Tambien or Budge because it's like Tambien Tambien means as well, by the way. Did I say Tambien? Oh. <laughs> as well, yes. Keep going. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and that basically comes from the fact that they have kind of a, a long-standing friendship with uh, River Plate. Because they're both called Missionarios. Uh, it's and, connection and, and it's well. definite connection, so that's kind of the way if they have a, a banner that says Buche, or maybe it was even gifted by the River fans, I don't know, like, mm. it's kind of a little bit of Argentina. It's always... 
why am I fucking speaking in Spanish? <laughs> I, I had to stop myself from saying siempre. <laughs> I, just about been my time. That's like, fine. Yeah, it's it's a lovely idea here anyway. It's, it is. It's, it's yeah. very uh, fraternal. Yeah. So yeah, there's yeah. always a a bukim banner in the Missionario Stadium. That's a fantastic story. Nice. Um, and the reason that I, I bring this up now is that Newells themselves have one of the more interesting banner or flag designs that you'll see, particularly in their popular. Um, <laughs> Which is a picture, and, and, uh, and the reason I'm going to bring this up is that there might be other people who, who want to ask the question and keep forgetting to each week or whatever. I know that I've wondered it for years and years before I came here. Um, it's a picture of a, a speaker, like a loudspeaker, with a with a prohibited sign. Yeah. Prohibited, yeah, exactly, like a no smoking sign. Ah, uh, right. It's yeah. about central, and they used to bring, yeah, apparently exactly. they used to bring yeah. speakers into the popular. Um, and Newell's whole thing is that they don't need the the extra amplification that they're loud enough on their own and that's very much the reputation that you I think um, Luis Pesoni is going to be delighted that we mentioned that <laughs> I'm sure our yes. um, Lepra Granata follow, you know, loyal follower on Twitter absolutely that's um, for you Luis and we'll pause for a second to take a drink of a slurp of that sweet nectar ok so in terms of the title race we've got Boca on 33 Tigre and Arsenal on 32 uh, Newell's one behind them on 31 after that uh, 2-1 win over Independiente and then Vélez Sarsfield and All Boys on uh, 30 the the fact that Vélez and Tigre play each other this weekend incidentally means that the title race is going to go down to the last week uh, even if, if Boca were to win they wouldn't be able to go four points clear of both Vélez and Tigre uh, one, one or the other of those sides is going to be at least three points behind um, come the last weekend and therefore we'll still be able to force a playoff even if everybody else loses oh that's true um, yeah you see I've worked out all the permutations that was, that was a nice little bit of uh, mathematics I wouldn't have seen that absolutely um, can we say anything about All Boys like All I Boys we've I'd mentioned All Boys once this year and they're kind of yeah, we mentioned how hilarious it would be if All Boys were to win the title yeah, we did it would be very hilarious yeah. uh, in, incidentally if, if Tigre do now slip up and go into the relegation playoff spots mm. again that means Tigre won't go into the Copa Sudamericana if Racing then won the Copa Argentina they would because they've already qualified for the Copa Sudamericana they by the league a new place up. exactly so Tigre going into the playoffs or Racing winning the Copa Argentina opens up one place which means the Estudiantes going to the Copa Sudamericana right if both of those things happen Tigre going to the playoffs and Racing going to the Copa Sudamericana it opens up two more places which means we're going to see all boys hmm. in continental competition. Wow. Um, which We've already seen Arsenal in the Libertadores. Absolutely, like, I think yeah. anything can happen. There. But uh, anybody who's been to All Boys Stadium will will know that that's a truly hilarious idea. Um, and and we hope it. Uh, not to mention the fact, you know, anybody who's, who's familiar with what All Boys sponsors logo is. I mean, anybody going to play in the Copa Sudamericana with a picture of a cow on their <laughs> on their shirts is is fine by me. Um, in terms of the run-in, I think it's unlikely that All Boys can challenge for the title, unfortunately, because they are away to Argentinos this week, which is the derby. Could go anywhere. Um, personally, I think that that's going to be a draw. And then the last week, they're at home to Boca. So I think their chances are... Mm, I don't know. Like, I'd, I'd love it to happen, obviously. I would Boca, like, of course, have the, dis- the distraction of the, the Libertadores. So, yeah. Yeah, so. I don't know. I'm, I'm not as sceptical as you like. I, I don't... Yeah, I, I show you... Uh, you view that they're probably not going to win, but I reckon both of them games have got yeah. some chance of winning. Like, yeah. Albo Stadium is not an easy place to go to, I think. No, absolutely. You, go, you look through their results over as, the last as a student, season. No, not this, this, yeah. this weekend. They've always they been lost very strong at home, though. Um, and they could definitely ruin the title party for Boca, that's true. They certainly could. And, and uh, a triple crown. Triple crown, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and we'd all love that to happen, I'm sure. Um, yeah. But but we shall see. Um, Godoy Cruz, well done to them. They recorded a win for the first time in 19 matches yeah, or 14 matches in the league, uh, beating Belgrano 2-1. Um, other notable results from the weekend uh, that we've not yet mentioned: Union and San Martin drew, which leaves San Martin in a relegate automatic relegation place. I'm no, Rafaela in the automatic. Sorry, you're quite right. Yeah, uh, Rafaela in the automatic places as English Dan says after losing two one against Vélez Sarsfield on Saturday night. Um, and otherwise, apart from those results, we have Olimpo finally not losing. Somewhat surprisingly, coming from two 0 down in front of their own fans at half time to draw 2-2 with Lanus who were disappointed I think it's fair to say they were hoping to, to finish as high up the table as they still could with what was left of the season and, and that now yeah they've really fallen apart haven't they yeah 
um, largely due to a, a very slow start to the season. I think there's still something like five unbeaten, if I remember correctly, anyway, at the moment. So it's not as if they're uh, in bad form. But, uh, I think it was just kind of trying to combine the Libertadores. Exactly, with, yeah. The, the, group the league was just too much room, kind of. Um, we'll and in Olympos' start, case yeah. as well, I, I think it's, we see it sometimes with, with teams who confirm their relegation a few days, a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, matches before the end of the season often then feel like the pressure's off yeah. uh, and they don't quite care so much and conversely they then start putting together a run of form that would have seen them saved <laughs> if they've managed it a few weeks or in Olympos' case maybe six months previously because uh, they'd have needed a, an incredible class or to stay up in fairness to them It's kind of been the same thing with uh, Tigre all season like, they were so adrift yeah. so looking dead at the start of their class order they thought they had nothing to lose they might as well and try and win every game Absolutely, which is I good, just, for, uh, good for all of us because we've seen them play some lovely it's football. Been, it's been a pleasure, yeah. Precisely. I just I, with Olimpo, I always get the sense that it, it was obviously uh, that to an extent, but the fact that they weren't as far down there as Tigre were is is what hampered them in the end because it yeah. almost didn't become apparent to them just how if much they, they, to they win, were in until they, they, they had a you know a fairly average season last year, yeah. which was their first in in the Primera, and it was only after the a very poor Apertura that they really would have got the sense that they were in, in trouble. Yes. Um, which is perhaps I don't know but maybe something for uh, the likes of Belgrano and Union um, to to think about Union currently have the same number of points as Olimpo managed in the whole of last season um, so we shall see and the other result of course of the uh, the round in the Primera was on Monday night the match the English stand was at um, when Racing uh, won didn't they to anybody who left the stadium early I really wish they did I was, uh, yeah, it was just a shame. I was actually talking. Shame the police make you stay in there and watch the last five minutes, isn't it? Yeah, if we could just leave like ten minutes before winning one 0 I'd be happy. Yeah. I'd be very happy. No, um, it was really kind of a game of uh, game of two halves for Racing yeah, to yeah. Brian. Another cliche, <laughs> yes, that's two. Uh, first off, very impressive. Um, Wolves in the front foot. Uh, it's kind of a different looking team from what we've seen uh, before. Gio Moreno was playing on the right wing apart from, aside from being a, I mean, despite being a, a left footed enganche mm-hmm. and he did really well like he so what kind of reverse winger or reverse in, winger in, in, inverted winger sorry. inverted, inverted uh, winger maybe enganche maybe inverted winganche full swing enganche yeah full swing winganche yeah. I think that's what we can call it a really catchy name there. and it was false in that yeah <laughs> anyway. and he basically set up Racing's only goal of the night, which was a lovely team move, finished off by Valentin Viola, who was playing as a wide number nine, media nueve, wing extremo, super duper. False number three. As well. Number three, maybe, yeah. And then, yeah, basically second half, it looked like uh, they were just trying to hold on to the result. I mean, Colón got people forward, people forward as a horribly... Horribly uh, painful 45 minutes. I've still just not seen the goals, incidentally, but yeah. Australia and myself were at the pub quiz, so we've not seen, uh, right. seen the match yet. And then just, yeah, kind of, just as uh, the linesman was coming out, uh, the fourth official, I should say, to hold up his ball with how many minutes, we were like, how many is going to be? How many? Can't hold it on very long. And then we looked down below, and uh, Federico Higuain's got all the space in the world, and he smashes it home for the equaliser. Handapot search engine optimization uh, lawyers demand that we mention that Federico Higuain is Gonzalo's brother. Can we not tell from the night? Should I just say Higuain, and then no, you never think that Gonzalo's playing for Colón? Some people brother, are called yeah. Smith, and they're not necessarily related. That's yeah. true. So yeah, it was it was disappointing. Like it looked like uh, Racing Racing had it won, and just kind of threw away two points really. I think I said the same thing to a mate that Viola said the goal scorer after the game it was um, yeah a draw with with the taste of defeat and I think don't think you can call it any more than that absolutely and I think the main thing is I know we're a pretty pessimistic bunch in wrestling but I think the main upshot of that game is that wrestling still aren't safe from the drop are they not this is what we were thinking a very quick bit of mathematics to let you know now if I can get my I have very like pessimistic friends. Fr- so Racing at the moment have 140. Th- this is how you work things out in Argentine relegation yeah. struggle. Well, you get your calculator yeah. up, and you say that currently Racing have 148 points, and that's divided over 112 matches, giving them an average of 1.3214. We'll check that against the table on the screen. This is correct, um, which means that the most that they can get from the season is 148 plus remaining point to play is six, which is 154. 
and that will be divided over 114 matches, meaning that right, they can. Oh, sorry, no, we want to work out the least they can get, don't we? Yeah. So that's 148. This is how confusing it is. Over 112. Why don't we just say that they sorry. can still draw with Banfield and? They no, can't no, no, be overtaken by Tigre. Altitude, yeah. altitude is you always have to go for the, the lowest possible score you can get to work yeah. out whether you're safe from relegation. We just have to work it out if San so Martino or Rafaela can, can take him over. Almost. If almost. both do win both games, um, it's actually actually it's made a bit simpler by the fact that exactly. yeah, because Tigre can't overtake no, them. So. I think the worst they can do is Racing can finish on one point two nine eight, and Rafaela. Uh, San Martin, sorry, if they win all of their remaining matches, they'll finish on 51 points from 38, which is 1.342. So Racing can still finish in the in the relegation promedio spots. Um, it will be made slightly easier for them perhaps this weekend if they can beat Atletico Rafaela because they're mm-hmm. away to. Uh, are we allowed to call them a direct relegation rival, Dan? Uh. Well, no. <laughs> If we're being pessimistic, yeah, why not? Let's let's be a bit pessimistic. Right? I'm sick of illusion and whatnot. As far as I can see, if they can win that game, then they'll be safe. Or a draw probably would be mm. would be sufficient. Quite possibly, yeah. Um, if T- Tigre can't save themselves this week for absolute certain, because of course San Martin are still just behind them, um, and will pick up more points per game for a win than San Lorenzo would they, they can ensure this weekend with the right combination of results that they can finish for sure above San Lorenzo which would obviously save them from direct relegation the problem is they're playing Vélez so yes. not, not an easy one although Vélez's home form is surprisingly bad this uh, this season we'll see whether Mystic Down has worked that factor into his predictions later on today um, we're now, we'll switch our attention now back to the match that we mentioned right at the very beginning of the um show which it was in the Nacional B where River Plate got a huge win um, at home to Boca Unidos in the Casi Superclásico uh, Casi is almost in Spanish um, it was particularly big because Rosario Central had sli- uh, slightly surprisingly lost uh, the day after the match which was last night um, 1-0 away to Patronato and that leaves River one point clear at the top of Nacional B with two matches to go uh, more importantly than anything it leaves them three points clear of Instituto who are the, the top of the two teams in the playoff positions um, which means that four points from River's last two games will be enough to ensure that they are a Primera División side again next season um, what to say about the match? I think your best place three, uh, three, goals, three goals in the last 15 minutes after River had it was kind of starting to look quite similar to the time that these two met before in, in Corrientes. Um, it is Corrientes, not in Rios, isn't it? Corrientes. I am. Yeah, you're um, Yes, so when, when those sides played in Corrientes six months ago, um, it was a match that River, by and large, dominated possession-wise, had the majority of the chances, but allowed Boca Unidos to look quite dangerous on the break and lost it with a goal in almost the last minute. And this almost looked like it was going to go the same way although it was perhaps slightly more even if anything Boca Unidos forced a number of corners had a few good chances um, before River uh, took the lead here with about 15 minutes to play I don't know what that year was about I'm going a bit scouse all of a sudden um, through Lucas Ocampos uh, who'd just come on yes uh, yeah, yeah. came on minutes beforehand and uh, Chori Dominguez swung over across to the far side which was met by the head of Rogelio Funes Mori and Ocampos with a sort of flying side-footed volley into the net celebrated wildly the lead lasted five minutes uh, the magnificently named Elvio Friedrich <laughs> equalised for Boca Olivos it says here that a ca- no, Campbell scored in the, in the same minute he came on which was what I thought, yeah. My word, yeah, yeah. You, oh, you're right. Actually, My yeah, he word. came on and, and that was the he came on right before that free kick. That was wonderfully English, there. My Thank word. You. Yeah, I, I say it fairly often. Really? Not on hand the pot, but yeah, I do say. As you go for a nice clean, <laughs> absolutely. Gets the point. Um, yeah. Unfortunately for for River, at least the the parity only lasted six minutes after that. Uh, Rogelio Funes Mori, that titan of second division goal scoring, um, got the winner with with a very cool and, and collected strike it has to be said I believe uh, the right way to pronounce his name is um, former Benfica target Funes Mori and then you suppress a giggle yes <laughs> that's that's correct yeah, but 10 million dollar man yeah. <laughs> I didn't even suppress it um, <laughs> he's been very roundly slagged off by a lot of people including myself um, I would say especially yourself. 
But I, I don't know about it especially. Do you not pay attention to the Argentine press? No, I think you led the way, Sam. Um, in many ways, I'd like to think so. Uh, but no, I mean, it, it, I, I have said this several times during the season that that he's doing a job in the second division. And, you know, he, he does seem... We, we know Joel, for instance, has, has met and interviewed him and has told us that he's, he seems like a really nice guy, uh, if not necessarily the best striker in the world. Um and you know I'm, I'm happy if that does turn out to be the goal that ultimately is going to be the one that means the River get over the line and, and get back into the Primera then I'm more than happy to ask him for forgiveness if I ever meet him and I hope that the rest of River's fan base feel the same although I suspect that most of them probably won't <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be happy to chip in for a statue of him outside, um, outside the stadium <laughs> absolutely because yeah. well in, in, in some ways it could be argued if, if whoever scores the goal that finally gets River over the line in, that, in many ways that's going to be the most important goal in River's history because if they don't go up then as we've said they get time the last few weeks the ground, there's yeah. going to be hell to pay um, the the other incident incidentally talking of, of hell to pay and, and what should be happening at River at the moment is that there was a fan Barra Brava we don't know he's been reported just as a fan not. No, um, stabbed and killed in the middle of the, the Popular which is why I'm wondering no it was the Sibori Sibori said Oh really? The lower yeah. section. Oh wow. Okay, in the middle of the the Sibori Baja, which is the platea beneath the River Popular. So in that case, it wasn't almost certainly wasn't a Barra Brava. Well, it could be the side as well. Like that whole kind of corridor is is called Sibori. Well, no, the Sibori is the bit behind the goal, and then the side stands the Belgrano and the uh, cent- uh, the Centenario is the one. Uh, the there's other a big, no, there's a big platea in the Sibori. I used to go there as well. Like, yeah, and, uh, um, and there's platea. Yeah, um, and and died a 21 year old fan. Um, as a result, River have got one match left at home. It's the last day of the season um, at home to... I keep on forgetting this, Almirante Brown. Um, and they may not be allowed to play at Monumental. The security authorities have already requested that the city government or the national government or the AFA, or all three of them, uh, close the stadium for that match. So they might have to, whatever, go back to San Lorenzo or something, I would guess. Um, in my opinion, somewhat ridiculously, River aren't going to be allowed... Uh, I'm going to well actually in the, okay in one way it's ridiculous in another way you can completely understand why they're doing it they're not going to be given a point deduction in my opinion mm. if somebody gets killed inside the stadium mm. yeah. then you need to lock at least one point off if not several I mean you um, have to go back and look at what happened to uh, Nueva Chicago when precisely yeah the rich clash with Tigre yeah. was it so just one fan who died or was it a couple no I, I think it was a a Tigre fan yeah. uh, was and killed, they had yeah. what 21 points knocked off or something like that yeah absolutely but because yeah this is going to be the thing, no, no, it, 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 in that case it was yeah. it was one team against the, the killing another team's fans well, yeah. society, but all the same a fan dies in the stadium they should be punished at the same time the reason that I say that you can understand why they're not doing is linked to what we said just before I mentioned this that if River don't go up this season <laughs> that there's going to be hell to pay and, and they know that that will you know, quite potentially even what possibly cause more deaths outside the stadium in the way that the just speaking of the violence us. again and this is all related to like uh, slightly related to Cantero the, the Independiente um, uh, president who's mm. kind of fighting the fans because well firstly that's the ninth death this year related to Argentinian football so that's pretty shocking. And that's only the ones in and around the stadium. Exactly, that's not, yeah. counting the ones that happen in the middle of the week between Barras or whatever. No, I think like that was getting reported those, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's others that have probably gone on. Um, and I think, I don't know if it was related to this or not, it may have been, but uh, the sort of, we've talked about it before, how the, 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 the kind of the common fans are starting to resist the power of the Barras. So I think when the River Barras were, they come in and there's a, a song kind of welcoming uh, the Barras. Yeah. Um, when they did that, the rest of the stadium was kind of singing their own song. This, singing, is, this is what Joel mentioned to us. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, right after Cantero's uh, thing. Yeah, so they're saying, like, I'm, I'm a River fan, I'm a River fan kind of thing. And it's much catchier in Spanish. No? Yes, uh, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. translate very well. But, uh, and then apparently Badas were going into the... Um, that's into why the others. That they actually got into the other stands, and that's where yeah. the, the death occurred. Oh, so it was a Barra who... By the way, yeah. Before we started yeah. recording, they, uh, I've not seen his name, but I know that they yeah, so, identified. Um, yeah, so the Barra's not happy with the rest of the kind of the, the common fans turning against them, if you will, went and basically physically attacked the mm. other fans. So this is all related to this kind of uh, junction that we're at in the in the whole sort of power of the Barra's, and so it's, again, it's very interesting to see what's going to happen from here. And I haven't seen. 
I don't think uh, Passarella, the river president, has come out and talked about it. Like, uh, no, I haven't seen it. Sure. I know when uh, the kid died outside Lanús, like their president was straight on it and kind of condemning it. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen the same from Passarella, and you think it's even more serious in a way because because it happened in the stadium. You know, yeah. they had a knife in the stadium. He got stabbed in the chest. It's pretty. You know, this isn't something you can sweep under the carpet. Like, no, absolutely. Passarella needs to come out and he needs to say something pretty pretty strong about it to me. Precisely. If I need to keep. You know, to save River from having the stadium locked up or having points taken away. Yeah, well, as I say, I, I don't think there's any risk no, at all from a political point of view that there's going to be a points deduction, no. unfortunately, because even though they're my club, um, it shows the fact that they're not going to have any taken off this. It, it does show that uh, mm. that it's not taken at all seriously here, uh, which is, is shocking. Um, in dragging it back to, to the league table, we've we've got uh, River and Central, as I've already said now, one point apart at the top Instituto and Quilmes as we mentioned a week or two ago um, are the two teams well sorry those four are going to be the four teams who either go up automatically or play the playoffs everybody else is too far behind Um, but the reason that River are now three clear of Instituto is that those Instituto played Quilmes last um, Friday night which which, as we were saying before we started recording seems like forever ago and uh, Quilmes got a 2-0 win at Instituto Stadium which is very impressive for them um, to to now go within a point of Instituto and to keep up their own dream of managing to overtake Central with two games to go. Uh, so it's currently River on 70, Central 69, Instituto 67, Quilmes 66 with two matches to play. Uh, we've not really talked much about the, the relegation struggle in Nacional B this season, which is probably sim- symptomatic of the fact that even with more Nacional B matches being watched this year than any before, with River being in the second division, um, it's been roundly ignored by all Argentines as well. Mm-hmm. Um, well I think it's started to be talked about a, a little bit more now because it looks like Huracan are going to have to absolutely fight for their lives yep. to uh, stay out of the promotion. Which is why I've, I thought I'd mention it, but also because uh, another team who, who are very dear to at least one hand of pod members' hearts. Um, <laughs> Atlanta uh, are rock bottom. In fact, they might. Oh no, got, uh, we've got three teams now that we're looking at it with a, a points average of fewer than one per game, which is quite shocking. Even Olimpo in the Primero got, I think, slightly over one per game um, at present. Um, but it looks unfortunately like Atlanta are going to be making a, an immediate return to the Primera B, which is rather confusingly the third team in Argentina. Yeah, it's if, if you're listening to this and thinking that's almost exactly the same name as the second division has, then you're right. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Basically, I don't know if we've explained this before why well, it's called Primera and everything. We could. Yeah, the, 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 the Primera bit of all of these uh, division names means that it's the first teams of the clubs in question participating. Um, because then you have the so reserve first, yeah. uh, the, the reserve, reserve, reserve and the tercera, yeah. quarto and so on yeah. um, so when you hear the, you don't just say in Argentina that the, the first division championship is the primera mm. uh, it's not like other Spanish speaking countries it's called the A or the A um, and that's why they call the, the second division is the B and, but very confusingly the third division is also the B uh, which screws with your head a bit so it's B Nacional it's the second division and primera B is the third and then C and D below that there you go uh, but what, what have you have you managed to, to uh, pay much attention to Atlanta's campaign then because you're the, the closest thing that we have to an Atlanta fan I guess. I've been following it yeah I mean Atlanta kind of it's a club very dear to me like I was around you know Vigia Crespo is sort of my spiritual home in Buenos Aires although I live just south of the border in, in Calachita now which is actually more federal territory and no you know I've got scores and scores of friends who are Atlanta socios and fanatics that go every week and it's a shame. Like I don't think, I think everyone was expecting a really, really tough fight this year. They had a, they got through in, up to the the Nacional B pretty well, but then they there wasn't much. Of course, yeah. Was it with two games? Uh, yeah, two one games. But yeah, it was it was a good time to be in the neighbourhood. But then, yeah, I don't think there was it wasn't the investment to um, really strengthen the team because it's such a big jump up. I think. Yeah. I mean, if we look. At the league, even kind of yes. all of these teams that have just yeah. You know, uh, if I can manage to scroll up with my left hand, I'll let Dan do it. It's his computer. Well, I mean, yeah. To be fair, it was only it was only Atlanta that went up him from the Metropolitana, but yeah, it was. If you go back to the descent, it's probably easier because then I can say no, it does. But yeah, they're, they're second bottom. Yeah, and then you got Desamparados, who are another newly promoted team right down there as well, looking like they're going to go down, and Guillermo Brown, who were the other ones. 
uh, right there and they were finishing promotion mm. they finished tomorrow and the other uh, promotion team are uh, the dearly beloved uh, Chacarita Juniors who are also of course uh, Lanta's arch rivals I think we talked about it when they had that mm. horrible situation in the stands yeah. absolutely yeah. Uh, one thing to note from all of this is that um, the division below Nacional B is split uh, mm-hmm. so the, the provincial teams um, play in a, a non-fully affiliated um, division and the the mainly the sites in the metropolitan area which is like the Greater Buenos Aires area Rosario La Plata maybe one or two in Cordoba I think uh, uh, as well although I'm not sure no no Pacheres and Racing de Cordoba are in the Argentina okay um, so yeah it's, it's basically Buenos Aires Rosario La Plata which is this kind of historical centre of Argentine football uh, playing in one regional division which is the Primera B and then the Argentino A um, is the the division for non-affiliated yeah. is, is what they're called they play and in so all these different groups and stuff and, yeah, and they absolutely. all go to playoffs and it's all very complicated and what unfortunately the Ole stats table that we've got here doesn't tell us is which of these teams are fully affiliated and which are only partially affiliated okay, for so instance Atlanta and Chacarita will go to the Metropolitana and Guillermo Brown and Desamparados will go to the Argentina so the teams that go down automatically as it happens are going to be the, the bottom two at present mm-hmm. but if this was Atlanta bottom and then if it was Chacarita who were second bottom of the Promedio mm. and Desamparados were one above them it would actually be still Atlanta and Desamparados going down because uh, it has yeah, to be the lowest right. who can go into yeah. each division and then um, and what have you so potentially if you've got five non-affiliated sides all in the second to sixth mm. bottom places and then an affiliated side mm. in bottom it's the affiliated side will go into the playoff places and, and four of the, the five will be fine um, very unfortunate it's, it's one of the other peculiarities of Argentine football that we just love to tell you about which is why I went off on that little tangent um, but Huracan uh, they've got more than one point a game so they're doing alright by the standards of, of Chacarita and Desamparados and Atlanta but they're not completely out of the woods yet um, no, I'm just wondering who they've got in these last two games because they really are going to need at least four points I think looking at that total they've been playing all six. Gymnasia very tough game yeah so mm. they've, they've got Gymnasia at home uh, Gymnasia La Plata we should say and not the Cucuy quite right yeah on the 18th Ooh, Atlanta Huracan and Huracan. yeah and then Huracan play Atlanta which oh, is going to be, gonna be here. huge relegation clash oh, that would have been brilliant um, <coughs> at the end of Actually, the season no, would have just the stadium on so please never let it be said that Handapod doesn't teach you about anything below the Argentine Primera because we've just taught you about the third divisions uh, today mm-hmm. uh, next week if we're feeling really brave we might delve into the fourth flights nah. I would not bet on it listeners um, I'm going to put the microphone down now we're going to play some music and when we come back we're going to read out some of your questions and see whether we can have a stab at answering any of them so don't go anywhere supplies. Uh, we're not drinking Branca. They wouldn't give us free bottles. We will tell you which brand we are drinking when they agreed to give us free bottles. Um, if we tell them before then, maybe they'll sponsor us. Yeah, but I'm not going to take the risk. No. We, we gave Branca months of free advertising before I wrote to them and they ignored me. Um, so we're going to start on your questions now. Um, I'm going to try and make sure that we get all of them in. Uh, by the way, it's not a question as such, but Luis Bessone, Lepre Granato, who often asks us questions and hasn't done this week as far as I can see so far mentioned just before we started recording on Twitter um, mentioned on Twitter just before we started recording sorry that was very bad syntax uh, that uh, my hair is, is quite astonishing for somebody who doesn't use hair product I can assure listeners if you've seen photographs of my hair that there is no hair product in it nothing but natural water so natural my performance analysis nothing but natural water goes into the, the making of this bifro um, that's what I'm told a white person with an afro is, uh, is uh, called I want to call it a bifro you know bifro possibly mm. bifro we'll, we'll try and get it training absolutely let's, let's do it um, Ed Malian has asked approximately 75% of the questions that we've got tonight <laughs> uh, the first of which is uh, his twitter handle is EAA Malian by the way the first of which is if the three of you were to play football which Argentine players would you most be and for some reason he assumes that I would be Dennis Strakwalosi I'm not 
quite sure where that comes from. Um, I think Sam was uh, thinking like Di Maria for Sam because he's called uh, Spaghetti El Fidel. Yeah, Fidel. <laughs> and also my, that. And, and my girlfriend does call me Negro, so I've, I've heard Di Maria called that. What is that, Sam? I've, I've no idea. Uh. <laughs> what are you hiding? She, she calls me Goddard as well, which means fatty, so I think it's a. a, a oh, I must just taking the piss. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been. Yeah, in a similar fashion, I think I've been called uh, a white gel before when I take the pitch. I think I'm the only one out of us three who uh, regularly plays, to be honest. But basically, when I take the football pitch, um, I don't run. I try not to move. I try not to tackle as much as possible. Like you know, I like to plant myself in the middle of the pitch and. You know, I give the work. That sounds like one around Raquel, to be honest. It's similar. Raquel me Gio, that kind of thing, but yeah. I think it's Gio more because I'm left footed and apparently, like, sweet left foot. And <laughs> approximately 99.5% of the things I try don't come off, but like, every now and then one goes through and it's, it's all right to say. Comparisons to, by the way, between English dance lifestyle and Hugo Barrientos off pitch uh, <laughs> goings on. <laughs> Or entirely slanderous. That's <laughs> very slanderous allegations. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty slanderous now. Uh, I'd like to think of myself as a Veron, but that's just more wishful thinking. Yeah, wishful thinking. Yeah. The fact that both of you are about to retire. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have been uh, told I look like uh, Gonzalo Wayne a few times. Really? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Uh, yeah. Sam was there once, wasn't it? Or waiter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, we, we actually use that as one of the ways of that pe- the customers can recognise down <laughs> on football detours if they've not managed to meet up with us before yeah look for the guy who looks like David Bowie which is Sam and Iguain which is me yeah that would make a brilliant like super group (laughs) Iguain and Bowie wouldn't it just Uh, I'm not really sure who to suggest for for me Uh, so I'll go with Dan's suggestion of Di Maria Mm -hmm. I I am atrociously one footed when I play so uh, there's certainly one aspect of that maybe Di Maria in a mirror because I'm right footed rather than left footed and you do dive a lot and and you do that heart thing quite often I think yeah. nothing one thing annoys me more than that heart thing and it's, it's when my girlfriend and her friends do this stupid clappy thing with only their fingers together I can't stand it it makes you look like somebody who doesn't have to, to applaud properly um, I may have just alienated half of my <laughs> listenership uh, I'm very sorry and we'd like to reiterate what we said at the very start of the show which is uh, that, uh, that we're all proudly metrosexual and that Antonio Cassano has never heard of us uh, to prove that point um, Paul Serres one choppy underscore Dickoff uh, asks if you were all in a village people tribute act who would be the Indian we're getting some not entirely football related questions this week but we're going to press on anyway um, I'm going to suggest English down I think he would look very good in a headdress mm-hmm. oh I do there's no doubt about it but I'm going to go for Australian then somebody called Dan let's just leave it at that yeah yes. one of one we of can both be Indian today yeah. I'll be the chief Ed Mallion asks what is Meatloaf talking about in the song I would do anything for love but I won't do that I think he's talking about going to Racing Home in a way or possibly Christian Fabiani who knows um, <laughs> they do do that though Yes. Well, le- le- wear Leonardo Pontio's shorts. He's talking about wearing Leonardo Pontio's shorts after Sunday's match. Yeah. We'll, we'll leave it there. Um, he also asks how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a, wood could, if a woodchuck could chuck wood? They can't. I think that's another Fabiani thing. Uh, yes, that's, that's got to be, hasn't it? Cristian Fabiani would be able to chuck wood. He chucks a lot of wood. We're now going to get on to some of the serious questions. Oh. Phil Carney, Phil C. Carney, asks who's going to win the Copa Libertadores? And is Matias Rodriguez of La U, Universidad de Chile, any good? Um, my very quick answers are Santos and yes. Um, if we knew who was going to win, we would all be millionaires by the end of the, the month. I don't think you'll get that, next that, that good odds at this point, don't we, in the semi-final stage. Well, it depends how much you have to invest. That's very true. Um, my, my personal betting stakes are never more than 10 English pence, so I probably wouldn't be a millionaire. No, I'll say... Um, Oh, oh, maybe. Shit, that's hard. Um, I'll go for Boca. I'm going to go for Corinthians, and yes, he's pretty good. Excellent. Uh, we're going to brush over the Rodriguez question, by the way, Phil, not because we think it's uh, silly, but because I'm fairly sure we've been asked it many, many times in, uh, in the last few weeks. Um, but you're quite right, towards the end of the season, when we have a bit more uh, recording time, we might well go into Matias Rodriguez in a bit more depth. Uh, Leo Russomano, Len underscore 1980, asks if, when, if, slash when, River ascends to the Primera, what will the starting 11 look like and what are the predictions for how they will do? Um, Trezeguet, Del Piero, <laughs> Nedved. Yeah. 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 
Walter Salomon. <laughs> Laurent Blanc, maybe. Uh, retirement, the French yeah. manager after they humiliate themselves. The Brilliant, going to be based on like, Juventus circa 1999. Juventus um, just after they went back up to ZR, right? Yeah. It's, it's a very difficult question to answer seriously, partly because we don't know what's happening with Chori Dominguez and the con. Okay, well, we, we know that Chori Dominguez isn't going to be there, is what I should say. Um, partly we don't know. Even players like Chori's natural replacement, Cesar Gonzalez, may or may not end up staying over the course of the season. And also because, uh, at this stage at least, nobody really knows whether um, uh, Matias Almeida is still going to be the manager he's, he's hinted recently that he might step down after one season because he's, he doesn't want the Primera to be one step too far um, so it's very early to say but it looks very much like at least uh, Tresegain and Kavinaki are both going to be staying and probably Poncio as well um, Campos might be going Ocampos might go on the other hand Sevilla he might decide that he wants to have at least another half season Sirigliano mm-hmm. um, I think has said that he wants to stay at least another six months but of course these players say this yeah, say that, yeah. what actually happens is comes up now just want to go yeah. um, so that's something that we'll maybe tackle towards the, in, in the preview for the next uh, for the Apertura or, or the new season indeed if River do stay in the B um, Rupert Fryer asks uh, Rupert underscore Fryer asks is there a single San Lorenzo player who actually likes Ricardo Caruso Lombardi similarly is there a single San Lorenzo player who Ricardo Caruso Lombardi likes it's interesting because one thing that Caruso has always been really good at doing is despite the fact that he looks like an absolute prick he definitely does get a really good team spirit going around him like in all the clubs he's been at I think he's like, to he say brings the players in close he Creates a really strong kind of them against us mentality. Yeah, very much. Us against the rest of the world. Mourinho of. Yeah, he's a Mourinho of. Uh, <laughs> I wonder how much it really, it really serves him, to be honest. I mean, at the moment, it looks like it might almost be kick, uh, shooting San Lorenzo in the foot. But I think it's fair to say, at least, that he, he seems to like Julio Buffarini regarding the, yeah. <laughs> the fuss that he made of him for yeah. the two weeks between. I think he likes the fight previously. more than anything. Yeah. No, yeah. I, think, I think with his players, he's, he has quite a good rapport, apart from when he's asking them allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> For bribes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I said allegedly, so Hannah Bozlois can uh, sleep. Yes, absolutely. yes, because yes, I'm, I'm not uh, allowed to see the paperwork that proves that, although I, yes, it is alleged, all of it. Um, <laughs> Viva, talk about the paperwork anyway. Yes. <laughs> Viva, Viva underscore Fantasma um, asks Will the next hand of pod talk about the recent Brazil versus Argentina friendly and Messi's third goal? No, uh, the the answer one. to that is that the next one will not, that this one uh, already has done. So thank you for asking. Um, and Rupert Fryer then asks again, oh no, he doesn't ask, he just says, I asked a question but couldn't fit in the hand of pod hashtag. Do make sure, yeah. they suggest, we're giving Rupert special Should treatment. Cut, special. cut that answer out then. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, we probably should but, but I'll try not to uh, and finally the only one that we had on the hashtag rather than on the the atting was from uh, little Billy Morrison in Australia the only one who did it right we should say yes absolutely uh, say extra points for that who, who asks who looks like winning the Argentine first division one that we've already covered um, or, or attempted but we've not really tried a prediction we've more no, just I'm not going to go into predictions it's too close I'm going to maintain it's still going to probably be Boca Juniors unfortunately yeah. But I'd love Tigre to do it, or I'd love all boys. I'll be, it's almost mathematically almost impossible for all boys to manage it. But uh, I'm just. Do you for lesson to make a labour? Uh, <laughs> mathematically. Well, yes. Morally, <laughs> in every sense. Logically, yeah. yeah. Logically. Absolutely. Most probably. Um, but keep listening, Billy, and you'll find out later in the season. Uh, and tell all of your friends to listen to as well. Pegame que me gusta, whose Twitter is. Uh, I'm going to have to spell this for the point of view of people who don't speak Spanish. P-E-G-A-M-E-Q-M-E-G-U-S-T-A asks, have you ever considered switching to Vitone? Uh, the answer to that one is no, but I would like to take issue with Matt Chesterton's reply to that question, which says that the state that we were in last night, we should consider switching to I'm Still Light. I wasn't drinking last night and I wasn't drunk. I think he's talking about Australian Dan, who was absolutely plastered before the pub quiz. I take issue with that. I was not. <laughs> As I said during the music break, I was amazed that Dan managed to make it down the stairs without breaking his neck. He was in such a state by the time. I've been enjoying a tipple since the England-France game in the afternoon. So. To give listeners an idea, the England-France game finished at around half past, no, around uh, quarter to three, and the pub quiz started at eight o'clock. Um, <laughs> So well, then there was another game, and then it was like two hours to kill to the pub quiz. So I had another. Must okay, drinking. Anybody who had any doubts about Dan's authentic Australianness before, and also San Bitone is just a cheaper brand of Fernet. Yes, sorry, yeah, you're quite right. That's, uh, yeah, as, as I remember when you brought up the picture just just then, but as I should have uh, 
but it's as well. fairly horrible. We, we're not going to be considering switching to Vitone or indeed to Fernet Capri, both of which are absolutely disgusting. Yeah. But we do have a new brand. We do. Uh, it's, it's the one that's in date, if you're familiar with Argentine uh, Fernet brands and, and know what we're talking about. If it's not, then as I say, you'll have to try and um, wait until we can get three bottles out of them and then we'll tell you. Um, is there anything else to cover, ladies and gents? I think we can or probably mention, yeah. just for the week in coming, we've got uh, two pretty big farewell games in front of their own fans for Verón and Indeed. for Gabi Melito. Yes, absolutely, of course. Gabriel Milito, the uh, former Barcelona, and uh, who did he play for in Italy? I always forget. Zaragoza. No, he played for Zaragoza in Spain. He oh, yeah. Diego cool. played for Genoa. Yes. Um, former Barcelona and Zaragoza defender uh, Gabriel Milito announced today, uh, Tuesday, that he's going to retire at the end of the Clausura. And Juan Sebastián Moron might. He seems to be the weakest willed retiree <laughs> that there is. He, he could easily end up playing the Apertura as well. I don't think uh, no, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Unless he's been saying new things. Uh, no, I, I have this, this theory that he's going to be still playing when he's 60. Um, I'm sure Estudiantes will still have him as a central player when he's Could 60. Could he become the well. first ever player president at the age of 50? Yes. That would be, be quite something. That would be quite something. Uh, but yes, the English Dan is quite right. Both of those guys are, um, are playing their final home games uh, of their career. And also, in fact, another player who's, who's retiring at the end of the class aura is Esteban Fuertes. Is he? Um, I'm sure he mentioned it the, the other day. He, he gave an interview in which he said that his one regret from his career is that he's not won a uh, title with Colón. And as such, in fact, it's going to be three because it's Colón's last home game of the season this week as well. Wow. Um, they are So th- those those matches, if you want to tune in for them, are Estudiantes. Uh, they're on at home to Olimpo. Uh, Ezequiel Fuertes. That's not right, is it? Esteban Fuertes. Um, Colón's side at home to Godoy Cruz and Gabriel Minitos Independiente at home to San Lorenzo, which is a big five clásico in Argentina. Um, and it's very fitting that we choose just now to mention it because it allows me to segue seamlessly into Mystic Dan's theme music in which he's going to tell us exactly what's going to happen. Mystic Dan's predictions for round 18. This is the last time he's going to do these live. We're going to try and get his round 18 ones to read out next week. Okay. Uh, Union to beat Lanús away. Newells to beat San Martín away. Belgrano to win at home to Banfield. Estudiantes to win at home against Olimpo. Vélez and Tigre to draw. Argentinos and All Boys to draw. Independiente San Lorenzo to draw. Rafaela to beat Racing playing at home. Uh, Boca and Arsenal to draw and Colón to beat Godoy Cruz completely sitting on the fence with all the big results there that would leave nothing changing at all in the title (laughs) race Um, everybody would still be a point or two points apart depending on on Mm -hmm. who's who's doing what I believe yep completely oh no it would yeah Newell's would be the big winners if if these come off then uh, then Newells would go level top with Boca Juniors mm-hmm. um, this time next week going into the last game of the season uh, when and this is completely ridiculous that I'm doing this because these results aren't going to happen uh, <laughs> we might as well pretend yes, on, yes, on, so on that yes. last day of the season uh, Newells will be at home to Lanús um, Ooh, Boca Juniors will be one. away to All Boys um, alright so I'm predicting Newells for the title basically uh, are you really? Yes. So, okay, we, you, you, do you want to give your round 19 predictions now as well? Do you want yeah, me to do it now? No, we'll, okay, get we'll, those off. <laughs> we'll get those off you and I'll read them out next week. Um, Australian Dan, as has been mentioned, is off to Washington DC next week. So this will be the last time. No, hang on. Will you be able to record with us before you go next uh, week? I don't know. On the 18th. What day of the week are you in? Monday. Monday? I don't know. So it's not really possible, is it? No. Um, no, that's a Monday, right? So Australian Dan will not be with us next week. It will be myself, English Dan, and hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, Mariano, who was such a lovely guest to have last week. Um, English Dan has got one more week, and then the podcast after that, I'm afraid, listeners, will be recorded over Skype to look over the the title uh, running, uh, probably, just me and English Dan, but I'll see whether I can drag anybody else around to my flat to talk shit about football for an hour or so. Um, and we'll see what happens, because Australian Dan, when I'm going to force you to try and find a Skype connection when you're on holiday don't worry um, I probably will be able to I'll see, I'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes we'll, we'll, we'll try and have at least something up for you listeners uh, the week after the, the season 
well, the, not exactly ends, but the title race concludes at least. We've got the relegation playoffs and whatnot as well after that. Uh, for now, though, from another week, it's goodbye from English Dumb. Bye. Goodbye from Australia Dumb. Bye bye, and I'll see you when I see you. Indeed, probably the upper door, if not mm-hmm. before, hopefully. And goodbye from me. Goodbye. And before we go, <laughs> almost again, we mentioned it five seconds ago. I'll, I'll put this in uh, again after the theme tune, as I did with the little plug that we gave it last week. Um, we, uh, as uh, really hardcore fans will know, we did hand a pod live on Adrian Bono's uh, radio show last week in English, even though it's an Argentine online radio program. Um, and that's now available to download as a podcast. So if you want to listen to it, go to handapod.wordpress.com if that's not where you're listening to this from already. And I will put up a download link to it. Enjoy. <laughs>